Heavenly Father, we just want to say thank you for all the testimonies tonight. And Lord, uh, this long-term prayer request for uh, Elena's son to, uh, to be saved. And Lord, we're just thankful that he raised his hand and someone came and followed up with him and, and told him what it meant to be saved. And Lord, we know there are many things we need to pray, but we just want to pray for, but we just want to stop and say thank you. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for protecting us as we go through life. Thank you for answering our prayer. Thank you for the growth that we can see in the various churches. And Lord, we thank you for the promise of this one to be baptized on Christmas Eve. Lord, we just want to say thank you for being so good to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Hey, kids, go ye. And the rest of us, let's take our Bibles. And turn to Luke chapter 1. Last week we talked about the joy of Zacharias and Elizabeth. Tonight we're going to talk about the joy of Mary and Joseph. A little different here than some of the others. Uh, The only uh, actual connection between Mary and Joseph is... Uh, And the word joy is when Mary rejoices in her cousin Elizabeth's presence. But let's go to Luke chapter 1. We'll start there. Uh, Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Now, I just want to stop right here. And look at these different uh, uh, greetings, the salutation that that was given to Mary. Uh, let me ask you a question. If you are blessed of God, do you have joy? Hello? If you have found favor with God, are, are, do you have joy? Let me tell you, you do. And um, if the Lord is with thee, if the Lord is with you, do you have joy if the Lord is with you? Yes, you do. Uh, See, this is a little different. See, uh, Joseph, I mean, Elizabeth and Zacharias were praying and struggling and praying and struggling and when it finally became aware to them that John was going to be born, that they were actually going to have a son. Uh, They were full of joy because God had answered their prayers. I want to challenge you that Mary and Joseph were not looking for this to happen to them. They were just continuing, much as Zacharias and Elizabeth. Zacharias never gave up hope that God would answer his prayer And give him a son. And when God did, God, of course, did it in a very different way than Zacharias expected. His family name was not carried on. John the Baptist died a young man. He died without any um, uh, ever getting married or any children. And so that family name did disappear from the register of priests. 
But I don't think Zechariah would have changed John's job for anybody's job. Amen? Because his son was the spirit and the presence of Elijah announcing the coming of the Messiah. No other man, the Bible tells us there is no other man born among women greater than John the Baptist. Then Jesus went on, but he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Because we are enjoying the blessings that God has promised since the Garden of Eden. Do you realize that we get the benefit of all of the prophecy and all of the promises of the Bible in this generation? And I expect uh, that before... This body passes from this life into the next if my Lord and Savior's coming back. Uh, I don't expect to visit the undertaker unless I'm performing a funeral for somebody. Uh, uh, but uh, that's exactly what the Apostle Paul said. And so let's keep in good company. But I, I want you to understand that Mary and Joseph were two young people going through life Hoping and doing the best they can. They had a heart towards serving God. Imagine all of the promises of the Bible. And Mary is looking at this angel who is giving her these incredible tidings that this is the position that she finds herself in. And so she looks at this angel. It says... In verse 29, and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Now, there have been many kings that have tried to take this title to them. I mean, how many Louis were there in France? Uh, uh, I think, what, 26 or 23, 4, 5. I mean, there were a lot of Louis. Uh, but still, I believe the Louis only lasted about 350 or 400 years. I'm not sure. Uh, <coughs> it says, of Christ's kingdom, there will be no end. This could only be talking about God, my friend. This could not be talking about any other human being or human dynasty, the, the blessings of joy. And Mary is just trying to uh, process this information. How is this happening to me? How did I get to be the only woman in history to have a child who is called the Son of God? Mary understood that. Well, please, we don't believe in the Catholic doctrine that Mary is the mother of God. Uh, That would make her greater than God. Uh, She was the human vessel 
through which God gave Jesus, the eternally existent Son of God, entrance to the human race. That did happen in a point in time. And so, uh, Mary is has these things told her, and she just asks a simple question, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? How is this going to happen uh, without the normal life process? And every time I read this passage, um, it's just me. My mind goes back to a classroom on the second floor of the old administration building at Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. I can still see the chalkboard and, and the professor that I did not want to take this class with. Uh, but the class was Christology, the theology of Jesus Christ. And we listened to him go back and forth for hour after hour after hour uh, about the relationship between Jesus, the Son of God, and Jesus, the Son of Man. How Jesus was a holy man and holy God. And, and I just remember quoting this verse. I said, why can't we just keep it simple? You see, it says right here, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. That's, that's all we need to know. God did this. And that Son that would be born is Jesus Christ our Lord. And we're going to see that title given to him from the manger. Here, Mary, as soon as she knows what's going on, he explains that that holy thing that's going to be born of Eve, that the first child that you give birth to is not going to be an ordinary child. That child is going to be the Son of God. And Mary is the one... And here's Mary's statement. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. She said, I will be the Lord's servant. I will do whatever God wants to do. But who did all the doing? It wasn't Mary. It was just God now, wasn't it? And... The example is Elizabeth. I love verse 37. We quote it often. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now, this was not something that Mary could announce to everybody. Uh, this was not something she could explain even to Joseph. I, I just love the thought process. What happened here is how God worked in Mary's heart, and he worked in Joseph's heart. Because if Mary had tried to communicate these things to Joseph, it wouldn't have come out very well, now would it? Only God could have worked this thing out. And Mary and Joseph, as we come through this lesson, we'll understand that they had a very different kind of joy than than we often understand and we uh, look for. I mean, most of us like the kind of joy that happens 
when a son gets saved after many, many years of prayer. I mean, it just, I can't believe this. Is it true? Did it really happen? And we're going to keep praying for Elena's son. Amen? We've been praying for him ever since we've known Elena. And we're going to keep praying. Because God has to do the work. But you know, Mary couldn't tell her mother and her father. She couldn't tell. The only person she could talk to was Elizabeth. And that's where she went. And so, uh, she traveled all the way from Nazareth down below uh, Bethlehem to the city where the priests lived there. And she was there for three months with Elizabeth. And as soon as she walks in, and we talked about this last week, John the Baptist was eager to do his job. I mean, he started in his mother's womb. As Mary walks in and greets Elizabeth, she says, The babe leaped in my womb for joy. And... uh, Then Mary comes out, and we're going to start here in verse 46. Um, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. Now, that's an interesting saying. Uh, The the word magnify means to enlarge. It it means to uh, examine very carefully. Uh, Most of us uh, know what it is to use a magnifying glass. Uh, That's what these things right here are. They bring the print into focus uh, so that I can read that. If if you need to examine something up very close, we have microscopes and electron microscopes. We have lots of things that magnify. Uh, We have hearing aids that magnify sound so that uh, even though our ears are not processing normally, we can hear things at a distance. And Mary says, it's my job to magnify the Lord. I'll tell you what, that's something to rejoice about now, isn't it? And she goes on, and she's just starting here. She said, my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. And of course, this is the answer to those who would like to deify Mary and like to say that she uh, is without sin and all of these things. Right here she says, God, my... What's that next word? If you have a Savior, you're in need of salvation. Mary is confessing her need. She was not sinless. She was not perfect. She was the one that God chose, yes. But she was the one to give birth to her Savior. And then we come on, and he hath regarded my, the lowest state of his handmaiden. Mary says, I'm going to have a special place in all history. Every generation from this point forward is going to call me blessed. And who could argue with that point? That Mary was the one that carried Jesus in her womb for those nine months she gave birth to him, brought the physical body that Jesus, the eternal God, inhabited. I don't know how that all works. It says here that the Holy Spirit would come upon her and the power of the highest would overshadow her. That that holy thing which was born of her is the Son of God. Notice what she says here. Verse 49, For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. 
And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath opened his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Mary's joy was not something that she sought. It was not something that she could share. It was between her and God. And you know, sometimes God will give us joy. It's just private. Read the letters to the churches. What does he tell? Uh, he tells the one, he said, I'm going to give him a stone with a new name that no man knows but me and God. Uh, there's, there's some wonderful promises in this word. Not all the joy in the Bible is just jumping up and down. and ah. um, Some of it is meant to reach down deep inside and just keep us going when nothing else will. Can we say amen to that? And let's just take a moment and look at Joseph over here. In Matthew chapter 1, Joseph's joy was very different. Joseph's joy was to take responsibility and scorn uh, of other people. He was to lose the wedding service. You know, in our day... Everything is about the bride in modern-day America. It's all about the bride and, and how beautiful she is, and she's the one that's walking. Well, in Joseph's day, in, in Jewish culture, the wedding was all about the husband. This was his admittance or entrance to uh, society as a whole. He would now have a say in uh, the councils in the city and... Uh, be able to participate in different ways in the synagogue. This, this was his real, when a man got married, it was his entrance into Jewish culture and society as a man. All of his friends were to go with him as he left his house and walked to the house of the bride to take his wife the, the wedding was, uh, the ceremony was to happen at the groom's house and everybody was to come there and they congratulated the groom and Joseph gave all those things up. Why? Because he had the joy of being obedient to Christ. You know, sometimes being obedient isn't the easiest thing in the world, is it? Sometimes doing what is right, as we talked about this morning, makes us have to endure hardness or difficulties. And so we start here in, in verse 18 of Matthew chapter 1. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when he, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not 
to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Verse 24, Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife. We reread this passage here. There is a peace, there is a joy that comes from just simply doing the work that God has asked us to do. You know, so oftentimes, if we're not careful, we'll get a self-righteous attitude, we'll, we'll get a me-centered service for God. Joseph didn't have that opportunity. He just was doing what he was doing because God said so. I I can't imagine the faith that Joseph had to have. That is something that no other man in all of history has ever had to trust God with. To know that you're the only exception in all of history is in and of itself an incredible weight And yet, here was Joseph being willing to do what God said. And when he and Mary watched Jesus grow up and nothing happened, Jesus was just an ordinary kid. He learned the trade of carpentry. He was the carpenter's son. He was called the carpenter because apparently... Uh, Joseph had passed away before Jesus was 30 years old and began his ministry. We do not hear of him. And that has brought forth the idea that Joseph was a very old man and just loaned his name to Mary because he felt sorry for her. She was with child or whatever. Those kind of fables are simply that. Joseph and Mary were an ordinary couple coming through life not expecting anything, and all of a sudden, God turned their world upside down. All the expectations that they had, all the things that they were hoping for, were all gone. They would walk through life, and there would always be that little cloud. The Pharisees and the scribes brought it up. It says, we be not born of fornication. They were talking to Jesus. They had looked up the records. They knew the dates didn't work out quite exactly the way that they were supposed to. But Mary and Joseph had the joy of knowing they were being obedient to God. And God had chosen them to bring the Savior of all the world into the human race. I don't know about you, but that just makes me stop and go, wow. They are amazing people. Wouldn't you agree with me on that? Just out beyond the ordinary. And what what I'm asking us to do You know, just as Zacharias and Elizabeth prayed and prayed and prayed and never gave up hope, 
God answered their prayer and they had the joy of holding that little boy in their arms and understanding that God had answered their prayer and that that little boy was going to be the prophet that announced to Israel the coming of his Messiah. What greater privilege could the son of any priest have than that? And they died in that joy knowing that God had chosen them and given them a miracle boy to perform the miracle of announcing the Messiah. Mary and Joseph's joy was completely of a different stripe, was it not? These were not things that they could ever discuss. They couldn't just sit around uh, the fireplace and, and say, yeah, yeah, our first child was the Messiah of God, born of the Holy Spirit. That wouldn't make for pleasant conversation now, would it? People would, who do you think you are? They had, Mary kept these things and pondered them in her heart, the Bible tells us. But could I challenge you that there is a joy in simply being obedient to Christ? And sometimes that obedience will bring upon us the scorn or derision of other people. But we only answer to God. You don't answer to any other human being. And we can serve God. And I would ask for you to look for that deep, quiet joy that's just between you and God because you're obedient to His Word. You know, that's some of the most special joy that there is. And you can't talk about things like that. It's really hard to... Uh, express, I told a little bit of the story of, uh, of the building and some of the things that the Lord did to put us in this building and, and how He put a burden on my heart for, for years, three years. We looked at 20 some different properties and actually went through the purchasing process on about three of them and, and, uh, they knew me at the building department. I, I was there. Uh, I, uh, the engineer, oh, preacher, it's you again. Yeah, it's me again. I got another one. Would you look at this folder? Oh, sure, not a problem. They don't do that today, but they did it back then. And uh, uh, all of a sudden, when the Lord actually put the building there, it was like, not this one, Lord. This one's too big. That's, that's too much money. Uh, yet the Lord did it. And... I've had preachers come up and say, Wow, Brother Montoro, you had such great faith. And I'm sitting here going, No, I didn't. Well, uh, well, you did it. <laughs> yeah, I did it, but I was terrified the whole time. I mean, how in the world do you explain that to somebody? Uh, I'm thankful for what God has done. But I couldn't have done it without the people of our church. Amen? And I remember coming to the people of our church and saying... We cannot ask other churches to give and help us until we start giving and asking, giving what we can. And our little church generated nearly a third of that money to purchase the building. Now, it took us 10 years to get it done, but praise God, it was there. We didn't have 10 years to raise the money, 
So God provided much more from other churches. You see, God is always doing great things. Some of them we can't talk about like we would like to. But you can always talk to God about it. Amen? And that joy that comes from understanding that I actually listened to God and did what he said because he said so. I challenge you, ask God to help you find that kind of joy as well. And it will change the way you understand the God of the Bible and the way you understand other people. And all God's people said, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight and we ask that you would help us to seek that hidden joy, that unexpected joy, that joy that we can't discuss with other people. That joy that comes from simply being obedient to you and your word. Lord, give us that joy. Give us the joy of answered prayer. Give us the joy of fulfilled expectations as you did Zechariah and Elizabeth. Yet, Lord, we would ask for that deep abiding joy that we can't explain to anybody but you. Lord, we thank you for working in hearts and lives and in our church. And we ask you to work even during this Christmas season, to give us the joy that we need to bring glory to your name. Before we finish that prayer, or just have a moment, and if you need to come and pray, the altar's open, and then we'll get into our prayer time.